In this case, there were so many times where prevention and intervention could have saved lives. Welcome to the True Colored Crime Podcast, where we take a look at real animal abuse cases. The purpose of this podcast is to raise awareness of the warning signs and provide resources for things you might be able to do to prevent animal abuse. Fair warning, the content ahead is graphic. With that, here's your host, Dr. Lisa Fox. Luca Rocca Magnata was born Eric Clinton Kirk Newman to parents Anna Yorkin and Don Newman in 1982 making him just two years older than me. When researching the cruel acts that this individual not only did to animals, but also to a person, and then taped and posted the videos of it, I wanted to hate it. All of my insides were screaming that I just wanted justice for these helpless animals and as human victims. But being a scientist at heart, I knew I had to research this from every angle. I watched the videos, I watched the Netflix documentary, Don't Have With Cats. I read every article I could get my hands on. And then I read his mom's book. I am a mom. I feel for her and her family. At the end of it, I kind of feel numb. I mean, I still want justice for the animals and his human victims, but I also want his case to open our eyes to mental disorders. And as his mom states, I'm glad that he's now stable and at peace, albeit behind very secure prison walls. Well, at least it's his mom's view. Reading some of his letters from prison leave me wondering just how stable he really is. At the time of his birth, his parents were merely children themselves. At 16 and 17, he has two full siblings, his younger sister being the closest to him, and two stepless siblings from a second marriage from his mother. Unfortunately, both the relationship between his mother and his father and stepfather were both mentally and physically abusive. His father was diagnosed with schizophrenia when Luca was young, and he was not stable, and he drank to excess. Luca and his siblings were homeschooled until around middle school, at his father's command. And when his mother finally got up the courage to leave her abuser, she enrolled all of the kids in public school. Luca's younger siblings fit in well, but unfortunately, Luca did not. His middle school and high school years were riddled with bullying and abuse at the hands of his peers and the two father figures in his life. He moved from place to place and ended up dropping out of school. From his mother's account, he had a very high IQ. He just could not adjust socially. At 17, he wound up living with his father for a short time, and his introduction to law enforcement began. He would drive without a license. He would drink and drive. And he even racked up an enormous amount on a girlfriend's credit card and was arrested. He ended up in a group home being medicated for schizophrenia diagnosis, and was being supported by ODSP, which is essentially the Canadian government assistance for his mental illness. 
From 99 until around 2010, Luca legally changed his name. He was in and out of debt and bankruptcy. He worked as a model, a male escort, and he had a few different jobs in the sex worker field. His mom stood by him through tumultuous relationships and various moves to other parts of the country. If you want to learn more about this part of his life in depth, I suggest that you read My Son the Killer by Brian Whitney and Anna Jorgen. During this whole time, Luca was having mental breakdowns, hearing voices, having hallucinations, and he was showing multiple signs of progressing mental disorder. In 2010, Luca posted the first video of his severe animal abuse. These videos are really hard to watch, and they're even harder to describe. Throughout this case, Luca has maintained that he was forced to do these acts by Manny Lopez and John Carpenter, although there's no evidence of these two being actual people. From here, I want to give a voice as best as I can to the animals involved. We know that unfortunately, Luca's second to last victim was a human named June Lin, and my condolences obviously go out to his family. But that video entitled One Lunatic and One Ice Pick is not in the scope of my podcast and has been covered by the Netflix uh, documentary as well as some other documentaries that are online. Although during that video, his last victim does fall within my realm. So here we go. Break out the tissues, grab some herbal tea, and hang on to your hats. Video one, one boy, two kittens. In this video, the victims are two eight to 12 week old kittens. One is a muted gray color, and the other one is a gray tabby with white paws. I searched long and hard to try to put a name to these two kittens, as well as the other animals involved, but I was unable to. The kittens are huddled together on a bed before being placed into a vacuum seal bag by a hooded individual. They meow slightly before being placed into the bag. The vacuum is attached to the bag and the kittens are thus asphyxiated. Asphyxia is defined as the loss of consciousness due to the lack of oxygen. And according to the book Forensic Investigation of Animal Cruelty by Sinclair, Merck, and Lockwood, asphyxia is a relatively uncommon method of animal cruelty. In this instance, we would term this a mechanical asphyxia by a vitiated atmosphere in which the oxygen has been removed. Forensically, to determine this cause of death, we would have to look at the crime scene as it leaves no characteristic physical findings. This form of asphyxia causes excess accumulation of carbon dioxide in the blood, which should produce a state of narcosis. But unfortunately, the kittens would experience the anxiety of hypoxemia, which means low oxygen to the brain, before the narcosis would set in. 
As uncommon as asphyxia is in animal abuse cases, it's alarming that the second video posted is also a form of asphyxia. These cases of intentional animal cruelty and torture, IATC, must be taken with extreme caution, and they deserve attention, although not the attention that Luca was looking for. As a form of killing, asphyxia is extremely violent, and it's actually intimate in nature, as the perpetrator has to be in very close contact to the victim. These are usually acts that are meant to frighten or control others, or they give the abuser a sense of control over a weaker being. The second video, entitled Bath Time, was a video of a six-month to one-year-old calico cat. I'm under the impression that this cat was named Jasmine, and so I'm choosing to add a name to her unfortunately short one. Jasmine was taped to the end of a broom or a mop handle and was then held underwater in a bathtub until she passed. Drowning is another type of asphyxiation, and this type of drowning is termed furious drowning, meaning that the abuser was using the drowning for a means of punishment or attack, usually directed at a human victim. Drowning cases, unlike other asphyxiation cases, have been shown to be slow, stressful, and painful, and can be consistent with the definition of torture, as opposed to abuse. According to the French physician, PCH Rural I know I'm going to mispronounce that one, in 1897, there are five stages to drowning. The first stage is of surprise, and it lasts approximately five to ten seconds. This is followed by the second stage of respiratory arrest, lasting approximately one minute, in which there's a struggle to reach the surface while holding your breath. Then there's approximately one minute of deep respiration, coupled with the formation of foam in the nose and the mouth. So the body tells you that you need to breathe, and you breathe in deeply, and you end up breathing in the water. The fourth stage is another minute of respiratory arrest, so you hold your breath again, during which mental consciousness is lost and convulsions due to low oxygen to the brain can begin. And it all ends in this, the end stage called terminal gasp. During the deep respiration phase, if the animal is in fresh water, which we assume that this cat is in fresh water in a bathtub, the fluid rushes into the bloodstream down the salt gradient. This increases the blood volume and causes the heart to be overburdened and fail. This unfortunately does not happen in salt water. And so salt water drowning takes longer because cardiac arrest does not happen as fast. The third video that Luca performed in and posted was a bit difficult to pinpoint what is and isn't abuse. This video depicts an approximately four-month-old kitten on a bed. It's probably a black kitten or a calico kitten, but it's hard to decipher. You are very quickly realizing that there is a very large albino Burmese python hiding under the pillows on the bed. During the video, the python does, as pythons do, 
and attacks, kills, and eats the unfortunate kittens. Although I don't know if the python itself was abused, I don't hold any feelings of ill will toward it. Pythons are opportunistic feeders and will usually eat anytime food is present, and small mammals are their food of choice. The fact that the kitten was purposely placed into the prey position, and that was in and of itself abuse. Pythons kill by striking, then gripping with their teeth, and then constricting around the prey to cause mechanical asphyxia, which we've already talked about, and then they swallow their prey whole. After this video entitled Python's Christmas, Luca committed his final heinous act. He stabbed, sexually abused, and cannibalized June Lin on video and posted one lunatic, one ice pick. While I'm not going to talk about June Lin's murder, in this video, Luca did feature a small black and white puppy whose name is unknown to me. He again put this animal into an unusual situation because he started feeding him pieces of June Lin in an act of sadistic cannibalism. The pup then disappears from the video, but unfortunately, when reading over the documents of what was found at the scene, we realize that the pup received the same fate as June Lin and was stabbed to death and disposed of. I could not find any more evidence of the pup's killing or if any necropsy was performed. So I unfortunately don't have any more information on that pup. To learn more about June Lin, and I suggest that you do, I suggest that you watch the interview of his parents. You can find it on multiple sources online. You can also search up Hunting Luca Magnata, The Fifth Estate, Netflix, Don't F With Cats, there's Wikipedia articles, and there are many more sources. I feel that in order to remember the animals that suffered and Jun Lin, we need to pay attention to animal cruelty and the triggers that can lead to it. We need to know more about schizophrenia and antisocial personality disorder and psychopathy. IATC, Intentional Animal Torture and Cruelty, usually begins in childhood, and it is linked to escalating crime. It's a gateway crime. We have no evidence that Luca engaged in IATC at an early age, but we do know that he had a family history of schizophrenia, a history of being bullied, a diagnosis of schizophrenia, and multiple traits that were consistent with antisocial personality disorder. Many of these behaviors that link to homicide can also be traced back to parental abuse, brutality, domestic violence, and neglect, all of which Luca was exposed to. According to the study by Paul Moran, the correlates of comorbid, comorbid antisocial personality disorder and schizophrenia ADP, or antisocial personality disorder, is more prevalent along, among persons with schizophrenia. The persons who had both were more likely to have substance abuse, attention and uh, concentration problems, poor academic performance, 
and deficit affective experience. That is where a person lacks remorse, guilt, and empathy, and has a failure to accept responsibility for one's actions. So Luca had all of those. And ADP symptoms may begin in childhood, but they're fully evident for most people in their 20s and 30s, which is when Luca began his torture. ADP is thought to be caused by a combination of genetic and environmental influences, so nature and nurture. And unfortunately, Luca had it coming from both sides. In this case, there were so many times where prevention and intervention could have saved lives. So did the attention from the online search push Luca over the edge? Or was he already on an unstoppable path?